1893, Chicago's Columbian Exposition. Over 125 years ago, the Columbian Exposition was staged in Chicago on Lake Michigan's shoreline. Visitors from around the country and world were first introduced to many industrial technologies and commercial offerings that would shape 20th century culture. This book explores a collection of event photographs and juxtaposes them against a set of modern images to catalog the living remnants in art and architecture around the city as a legacy to the 1893 World's Fair. 1893, Chicago's Columbian Exposition, now available from Amazon. Audiobook version available soon. My name is Cameron Banga. I run a small mobile application development company here in town. Um, and I'm really excited to present on a very fun topic for me, one of my hobbies, which would be hacking and cybersecurity. Um, I've never given this talk before, so it should be a lot of fun. And normally I don't get nervous, but I've got a fun audience of people I know today, so it's kind of a, a different experience than what I'm used to. So again, the topic today, um, and what I'd like to talk about is hacking and security, cyberpunk, um, I guess looking at mobility, I guess computing and hacking and everything that goes along with it. Um, so what is a hacker? Uh, this, this slide was meant to be presented because in preparing this talk, the one thing I found when I talked to people or pitched the idea, especially with Michael, was that the word hacker has a lot of negative connotations involved with it. When you hear the word hacker, uh, you immediately think of somebody who looks just like this. Uh, this is literally just threw it into Google image search, the word hacker, and this was image number one. Um, and that's typically what people find about. So I want to find when they think about hacking. So I want to do the one of the typical what people think we look like. What we think we look like as hackers, having our holographic computer systems that we control at our fingertips, we think we look much cooler than we are. And then what we actually look like. So um, this is Richard Stallman, who I'll talk about a little bit later in the presentation. Uh, but Richard Stallman is really influential in what is considered to be kind of the grandfather of hacking, of open source, of the kind of the hacker culture of the 80s, and really an important person. So I wanted to talk about what defines hacker culture, and to do that, I hit up the only information, the only valuable information source I could, which is Wikipedia. So I wanted to give an actual definition of what defines hacker culture. People think of criminals who break into computers, be it at banks, be it at businesses. Um, but what I'm going to talk about today is hackers really aren't that at all. Um, really, the definition of the hacker from Wikipedia, of course, the official source, is the hacker subculture is a group of individuals who enjoy the intellectual challenge and creativity of overcoming and circumventing limitations of systems to achieve novel and clever outcomes. So people who enjoy tearing apart a system to learn how to manipulate that system in an unexpected way. Um, in, hacker, in the hacker world, um, there's a very, I guess, legendary document called the Jargon File. And that is comprised by a bunch of hackers in the 80s and 90s. And, and they define themselves as this. They said it's a person who enjoys exploring the details of a programmable system and they're, like, just enjoys stretching their system's capabilities. And this is in opposition to the typical user who may only learn the minimum amount of features involved in any sort of software product. Typically, we'll talk about software, though it, oh, it doesn't have to be software. It could be hacker, it could be whatever it could be. It, it could be a hacker of hardware, it could be a hacker of wearables, 
um, a variety of different ways. But typically, the people who enjoy tearing systems apart and going from there. And ideally, the prototypical hacker is someone more like Stallman, less like the criminal, and less like the cool cybernetic holographic person that we hear. So um, what is a trait of a hacker? Um, these are some common traits of a person who enjoys hacking. Um, and again, in the context of what we discussed today, a typical hacker we talk about involves software, involves computer systems. You've probably heard of hackers on PCs or on the internet or something like that, but we're really talking about a general mindset. Um, when we talk about hackers in the negative connotation, again, the guy with the black mask over who's breaking into unauthorized systems, um, most hackers describe those people as attackers, as crackers, as criminals. Um, a hacker themselves is usually not involved in any of those activities. They're people who just enjoy computer systems. So what are the traits of a hacker? Um, a hacker, most importantly, likes to tinker and tear things apart. Um, if we were to take a hacker and describe them in, not just in computing, um, but describe them in other world sense, a hacker is more less a criminal and more if you think of somebody who's into cars and motorcycles, they're kind of a gearhead. They're the people who's always in the garage tinkering on their bikes. They're building their own stuff. They might manipulate it and do it in different ways to make their car faster, you know, get better, you know, just more horsepower, whatever. That's more of a hacker than a criminal. Um, so the people who like to tinker and tear things apart. They want to take their the computer system, be it hardware physically, the computer system parts, or the software, be it the source code, and tear it down to its most basic levels and then rebuild it back up. So it's like I'm sure many of you were when you were kids, you'd pull apart your computers or your toaster or whatever object around the house and tear it apart and then likely not put it together and anger everyone else in your household. Um, they're typically creative people. While not necessarily visually creative, they're maybe not the most artistic people, um, they typically have a high level of creativity, of individuality. Um, likely uh, people who are just into taking these systems and thinking of how they can manipulate them and make them more creative and more fun. Uh, freedom is an absolute priority to hackers. Um, I actually, the whole having Stallman on the last presentation was from a previous presentation to this group on open source software. Um, freedom is key. Uh, the idea of, again, we'll get into it further when it comes to remixing and you know tinkering, you should have the right to tear these things apart and do whatever. A system should be something that you are free to tear apart, you are free to learn about, and it's not constrained in any way. Hackers usually hate secrecy. Um, this is why open source software typically goes hand in hand with hacking. Um, the idea of a closed system of secrecy typically creates distrust in the mind of the hacker. They think systems should be open, they should be interpretable by anybody, and that nothing comes from secrecy other than corruption or misinformation and misuse. Um, the right to remix is a really key one as well. Uh, this sounds a lot like tinkering, but the idea is that if someone makes something and I improve upon that, I should have the right to share the whole system, not just my improvements. So the idea of building upon each other of a constant kind of a Lego tower where you're constantly adding blocks, the ability to add and share back to the community is really key. Uh, they typically oppose authority. Um, many hackers are usually people who can be, be considered anti-authoritative. They're people who are not necessarily fond of authority because they think that that's something that's just not great for the community. Um, they usually have a great sense of humor. Uh, they find this work to be funny. They like to play pranks or use their computer skills to play jokes on others, and then typically also have a significant right to privacy. They think privacy on computers are important. Um, pseudonyms, um, maybe more maliciously, groups like Anonymous, if you've heard of those, are people who typically 
share this same mindset of privacy being key and the idea of everyone deserves the right to have their own individual self that can be hidden on the internet as opposed to something that has to be public in all situations. Uh, in the history of hacking, the early days of hacking, um, this is actually a really great photo I took from where this kind of got started. This has actually happened at Syracuse University in 1962. Um, the, the term hacking and hackers is actually not a computer term. It's actually a 17th century term. Um, and the word hacker was described for basically peasant field workers who would be, it was another term for what they called the, the, the lusty laborer. And these are people who would take kind of, you know, machetes or just hack away at fields, grain, wheat, whatever it be. The people who, they just hacked away for days on end and did work that was considered monotonous and boring to the most, to the majority. Um, so it wasn't a computer term. And it really didn't become a computer term until the early 60s. Um, the, the, the coining of the term happened early 60s. And in early computing, these were big machines that took up whole rooms, you know, likely the size of this whole room here. Um, so the only people who had a chance to use computer systems were people who were considered scientists, computer scientists, physicists, um, who had lots of training. And the idea of going through programming was a very formal thing. And it wasn't until computers became more practical that people who had backgrounds in, at the time, computer science or you know, in physics or some other science found that these computers were really fun to use in their everyday lives. And as they got more comfortable with them, they would start using computers in their free time to do systems of their own. And so the word hacker kind of came into being used in this situation because these were what most people thought was boring and monotonous work that no one wanted to do, sitting in front of a computer, pushing punch cards, or doing very basic operations. But these people who were early hackers really enjoyed using the computer in all their free time and wanted to take advantage of the computer and figure out how they could manipulate it to do things that was never before seen possible. So then hacking... In mainstream, in mainstream kind of terminology and what most people think of happened really in the 80s and early 90s. Um, I, I use this photo of Bill Gates because I think it's hilarious, first of all. Um, but B, Bill Gates is considered in many ways to be the opposite of a hacker, right? Bill Gates was very confined to a system and wanted to make sure that system ran in place. And, and Microsoft through the 80s and 90s was considered to be kind of the epitome of what a hacker was. Um, they wanted to create these closed systems, which only people who own businesses and have lots of money could manage and work well. So he became kind of the anti-hacker. Um, to much success, obviously. Obviously, he did very well with that. Um, but Richard Stallman, who I showed in the first slide, is considered by many to be kind of the, the hacker hero. Um, and Stallman became popular in the mid-'80s when after Unix and Bell Laboratories became kind of the early computer mainframe kind of operating system of choice decided he was going to re-release it all for free and rebuilt a clone of the Unix operating system and most of its programs in a way that people could use it for free and became kind of the hero. And the idea of this free terminology of sharing, of creating, of remixing really led to what became known as kind of the mainstream hacker mindset of the late 80s and early 90s. Most people, when they think of hackers, think of uh, bulletin board systems in the late 80s, early 90s. They think of early email systems, and then as they get into the 90s, they think of things like Napster, of file sharing, of piracy, which is what usually goes with hacking. And most of that came from the idea of information being free, being shareable. It's digital, so there's no loss of possession, and hackers usually were associated with piracy. Um, but really, the golden age came in the 80s and 90s, and the idea of we're going to create all of this information free, we're going to make it available to everybody, and we're going to make sure that anyone who wants it has access to it. 
And that leads us into kind of modern day hacking. Um, so what is hacking today in the 2000s and 10s? Um, the most common, I think, mindset of a hacker is the idea of, for people who are in the industry, programmers. Uh, programmers are people who do this as a job where they uh, have a very big mindset that they think they're hackers and often are just trying to manipulate the system to make money, which is, again, an epitome of hackers. Um, what's very popular today and many people used to are things like hacker websites that involve hacker news, which is mostly startup culture. Hacker schools to teach people how to program quickly. Um, those are typically, again, to feed people into startups and not necessarily in the same hacker mindset. Hacker marathons. Um, I was invited to a really good one this last weekend by Cards Against Humanity. They did a comedy hackathon. It's not really hacking. Basically, hackers have become everything in modern-day computer, computer culture because it's become kind of this fun term that has really broken away from the mindset of what hacking is and turned more into the business of software development, of startups, and um, pretty much using computers to manipulate them to make money as opposed to what hackers really are. Um, in many ways, you could say that hackers today have kind of been defined as the pumpkin spice of modern-day computing. So if you take that dark and scary man from the first slide, you give him a pumpkin spice latte of computing, he creates this. This is what hacking has become. It's the toaster that is actually running Linux and can be hooked up to a keyboard. So hacking has become this general term that's become kind of the hot button issue um, and really becomes a meaningless term. Like we look at fall and how pumpkin spice has become meaningless now due to its propagation into every single thing imaginable. So hacking, again, the key, is, uh, what I think hacking is, is this de democratic, open communication platform where people are using computers to manipulate them for mostly their own enjoyment, not for financial gain, and then also using them as a way to grow themselves and become more intelligent when it comes to computers. So that would be, I guess, why hack today? Why, why would somebody who's getting into this today, looking at the history, where is hacking going? And why is it important as we move into the future? And why do I hope, at the end of today, everyone kind of has a bit more of a hacker persona inside themselves? Um, one reason I think hacking is really important to teach young people, and at least teaching this hacker culture of the value of open information, easy accessibility, sharing any sort of informational gain that you have, being collaborative with your peers, and then putting all your research into the open is valuable. Is Because I think as we move into modern day education, this becomes more and more important. Um, one of the, I think one of the, especially in our area, growing up here in Northwest Indiana my whole life, um, being very close to many areas that are in need when it comes to education, uh, one thing that computers have led to in the last 20 years that I think has been a negative, not necessarily a net positive, has been the discrepancy between those who don't have and those who do have. We see many educational systems now that have one-to-one -one programs for computers or iPads, and as you see educational systems increase in the amount of money they have, those students that have those situations that are presented in front of them have greater opportunities to take advantage of those systems. And those who are, don't have the opportunity fall further behind. The great thing about hacker culture is the ideals that everyone should have easy access to all of the information possible. And with education, I think that's a, a goal that I think anyone who's in education really can stand behind. So teaching our kids that information should be freely accessible, it should be easily accessible, and through using computers as small as $35 Raspberry Pis, that we can put in essentially any home that wants one. We should be teaching kids that the information they want should be at their fingertips in that way. So when it comes to student growth, I think 
when you teach this mentality of free, of open, of sharing, um, and again, that's something hard to teach the children, but that mentality, I think, does much better for education than the idea of the kids who can afford iPads will be at the top of the heap when it comes to presenting themselves and getting ready for college or getting ready for the real world. Um, it also is really valuable. I know many of you here own your own businesses. I, I talk with many of you all the time, and I know many of you are entrepreneurs as well. Um, the hacker culture, the idea of using little to gain information and education, really helps in business as well. You know, if you sit and think to yourself that computers are these very expensive things that require expensive access, you tend to limit your ability to grow when it comes to computers. Um, most of these tools can be presented for free or cheap. And they're really great ways that if you spend time educating yourself and programming and how systems work and tearing apart the systems you use every day, you can leverage that information to help your business grow. You know, most tools that people use in businesses today, mostly for financial reasons and not for mentality reasons, are free. It's much easier to get a free piece of software into your business place than it is a piece of software that costs $100, $1,000 a year, or whatever. So it's really important to take a look and think to yourself, how do we expand the knowledge we have as a group internally, be my own business or your own individual department and the business you work at, and how do we take this mentality of tearing things apart, of understanding how the system works, to leverage that system and expand upon it and build to improve your own business. And finally, it really matters a lot to do with do-it-yourself. Um, the hacker mentality is very much a tinkerer mentality and a, you know, a person who likes to do things their own way. Um, many people are very familiar not only with Raspberry Pis, but also kind of the maker mentality, which has gotten a lot of traction in the last three to four years, using 3D printing, using making your own. I literally know people who make their own, like, uh, they make their own drones to fly around to do video videography or whatever they want to do. People who've hacked together their own smart locks or smart home systems. Um, there's a lot of opportunities as long as you're willing to take apart a system to easily manipulate those systems to do really cool things that can help benefit your life in really small ways. Um, and finally, I think the really other important attribute of hacking and kind of the hacker mentality, which I would encourage you to look into, has to do with privacy and security. Um, the internet, as it grows and becomes less private, is becoming a more dangerous place, I think, for the average person. Um, in the last couple of years, it's become almost a weekly situation where we see of a major hacking situation affecting average people. Um, we have very recent examples of something like Ashley Madison, which is easy to downplay and say, well, those people necessar weren't necessarily doing the greatest things, so we don't care. But there's also very real-world situations of things like target breaches and you see the Home Depot breach, where people are losing their financial information, people are exposing themselves to identity theft. And as these systems become more complex, and as we put more of our information online, uh, we become more prone to bigger dangers. You know, these situations are not going to, the risk of putting our information online is not going to be decreasing over time, it's only going to be increasing. Our whole life will be on the internet in the next few years. Um, I have a small nephew who's my whole world, he's a year and a half. And it's really crazy to me to think to myself, it is completely possible, and I have another niece coming this December, that their entire life from start to finish could be stored on video and be easily accessible to anybody forever. Right? There will become a generation that's entire life will be online. Every single moment of their lives, every single memory, every single event, their DNA, everything about them will be on the internet and be available to any person, be it good actors who might be people who are looking to use that to benefit them, or bad actors who are trying to manipulate that and harm the people and blackmail them or do bad things. Um, so the hacker mindset of being aware of the situation, tearing it apart, and understanding how it works completely 
um, is really valuable in this situation because you're able to assess risk, I think, in a greater way that isn't possible. And I use two photos here to kind of close this up and kind of make a, an effort of, well, if I, if I try hacking today, one of the big kind of antagonistic views that comes to me and someone's like, you know, I don't really don't want to get into this computer technology because technologies come and go, right? Um, but the hacker mindset kind of always has continued no matter what technologies or no matter what systems are going to be in your way. Um, one of my favorite moments of obviously the great American classic Jurassic Park is the moment in which they're able to turn back on the park here and restart the mainframe and, and protect themselves in order to escape the velociraptors and Tyrannosaurus Rex. And one of the key moments of this whole movie is um, the female protagonist girl saying, this is a Unix system, I know this, which was a very under-the-radar silly joke in 1993 when the movie was released, but is increasingly valuable today because we see that technologies that are good stand the, stand the test of time. You know, Unix is something that was developed by AT&T back in 1980, uh, even earlier, but really had a mainstream release then. And it's powering your iPhones and your Android phones today. You know, these technologies that are great have long-standing, you know, value and will be valuable for the next 20, 30 years easily. So what you do learn will be remain valuable. And as a child, one of my favorite television shows, uh, and I talked to my friend Dylan about this, was the show Reboot that happened on ABC Saturday Morning Cartoons. It was one of my favorite things. And if you've never seen Reboot, it's not a very technical thing to grasp. But it was an idea of a complete city, I guess, culture that existed within inside the mainframe of a computer. Basically, every episode was these people were spawned inside of a computer, their whole lives were inside a computer, and everything in their world was inside a computer, um, which obviously was science fiction. It was one of the first animated cartoons to ever use computer-generated stuff. And it was mostly just a showpiece of computer animation. But the idea that a complete life could be contained inside a computer was something that was hilarious. I guess it was novel. It was a kid's thing at the time. But as we grow, these technologies are only become more prevalent, uh, more robust, and more of our lives will be there. So I think it's important to make sure that we keep this in mind, that our, our lives are moving there. It's important to stay kind of active and keep, keep abreast of what's happening, and then use that to educate ourselves and move forward into the future and just become you know, better hackers in our everyday lives. So. Yeah.